Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right a story of truth and mercy a story of peace and light a story of peace and light for the darkness shall turn to dawning, the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. We've a message to give to the nations, that the Lord who reigneth above hath sent us His Son to save us and show us that God is love and show us that God is love for the darkness shall turn to dawning the dawning to noonday bright and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth the kingdom of love and light to show to the nations who the path of sorrow hath trod that all of the world's great peoples may come to the truth of God may come to the truth of God for the darkness shall turn to dawning the dawning's noonday bright and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth the kingdom of love and light for the darkness shall turn to dawning the dawning's noonday bright and Christ's great
Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday to you, indeed. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with each and every one of you. Let me just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you as your children saved by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, you've brought us all together from all around the world, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, different genders. Lord, but you've brought us all together into your body. And this is the mystery of God that was revealed. But it was your plan all along, Lord. Grace and mercy. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your word. I give you thanks for sending your son. And Jesus, I give you thanks for leaving your Holy Spirit here on earth. I pray the Holy Spirit to interpret your word through me, but into each and every person's heart. Lord God, as we learn what you have written for us this day, we give you all praise and honor. And Father, at the same time, I just want to pray, I want to give thanks for bringing more men into our family here, Lord, more strong men and men that are willing to step up. And I pray for each and every marriage that's out there for the strengthening of marriages, Father, and that the men would assume their roles as the spiritual leader in the house. Lord Jesus, just as you intended. And Father, I pray that each and every man will listen to the wise counsel of his wife and treat her as the bride, as Jesus treats us. Lord, it is a very high standard and one that many of us, myself included, fall short of constantly. But God, you are great. And Father, bring more godly men even from our ranks, Lord, even from the marriages that are already in our family. Strengthen the men, bless the wives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Well, thanks for being here, everyone. Just give me two seconds. I got to change something on my screen, and then we can get into a commentary that'll probably get me in a little bit of trouble on my heart. So, what the heck? <laughs> All right. Uh, one more thing. Let me remove this. All right. You know, since the beginning of time, people have always been divided. It's part of our fallen nature. It's the only way I can explain it. It has to be part of our fallen nature. Because, you know, in the beginning, the way we're intended, there was no division or anything. It wasn't, wasn't until the serpent came in and, you know, Adam fell and the rest is history, so they say. But very, since the very beginning, there have always been divisions between race between genders, and there's only two. <laughs> just want to be clear. 
uh, old and young, you know, young people think old people don't get it. Old people think young people are stupid because they don't have wisdom yet. There's all kinds of divisions, and these divisions are amplified through the media and really with the intention of further dividing us because, you know, divided, we're not as strong as we are together. What people, what the, I don't, the deletes, as I like to refer to them, what they're most scared of is us coming together particularly with the same thing on our mind, which is, you know, righteousness, obedience to God. And, but because of our nature, we kind of divide ourselves in many ways. And, you know, just one of the things that's on my mind, and I'm just going to share some of my personal life, if you don't mind for a moment, but uh, the difference between, between men and women. And I remember a time, this is going back to when I was about 19 years old, and uh, a friend of mine and I were going to a large event, and it was a couple hour drive to get there. And when we got there, the lineup of cars was like a couple hours long. And so there was some frustrations and him and I were, uh, I wouldn't say really good friends. We were more acquaintances and, you know, we kind of hung out and went to the same parties and stuff like that. But we were sitting there and I'm driving, he's in the passenger side. And this guy was driving me nuts. <laughs> like he was just getting on my last nerve. And so I turned around, I went whack and blood started gushing out of his nose. It went all down his shirt and he looks over to me. He goes right on, man. He hands me his hand, you know, the brother shake. He goes, you're the first one to ever make my nose bleed, man. <laughs> and, and then we laughed and the frustration was gone and we had a good weekend. To the contrary, um, yesterday I had some frustration with my wife and when I went to speak to her, uh, what I said would be fairly <laughs> summarized as possibly being insensitive. Now it took me about five, 10 minutes and I went and I apologized, but there's still the tension there, and uh, there's an old saying, and I know I, I know a lot of my audience is women, so I'm just going to get into trouble here, but there's an old saying, um, women are not hysterical, they're historical. <laughs> They'll remember everything. If I did something wrong 15 years ago, my wife remembers it, trust me. <laughs> but there's differences, and they come in and it separates us now who's to blame in my situation it really doesn't matter and my marriage is strong and it'll it'll survive <laughs> there's no doubt it wasn't that big of a deal i'm just saying uh even this morning there's a i could still tell that there's some hurt there and uh so pray for pray for my wife and i please 
But since the very beginning, there has always been these things trying to separate us. And as we read the text of this, we're going to see some more glaring examples of it. And I'm going to share what I think what I had a bit of a revelation about our history uh, in this. And there's another point I wanted to make. Well, it'll come out. It'll come out about our history and the things that uh, that we're facing. Oh, just before I I do, and I noticed in the in the chat just as uh, as we were getting started, someone had asked uh, because I said I'm going to be exposing some things, and yes, I'm working on it for the next couple of weeks. Probably by the end of the month, I'll start a series, and. I want to be clear and I'm, you know, the Sunday audience is kind of our real core. Uh, so I'm just going to speak honestly to you. I'm going to get attacked and accused of many things. I'm going to be accused of dividing the church. I'm going to be accused of attack, attacking other Christians and I'm not going to attack any other Christians. I'm not going to attack anyone. What I am going to do is compare it, what they are teaching and what they are doing to the word of God. That's it. By the way, I'm fair game for that too. And I'm not going after the smaller people, but people with really big platforms. And we're going to get to the root of it because quite honestly, uh, what I'm going to be bringing out is the Antichrist plan. And you're going to be able to figure out who's in it. And when you're able to figure out who's in it, uh, many of you are going to be shocked and you're going to be very upset. But the doctrine is dangerous. And right now, it seems like it's kind of okay, but you don't know where it goes. I now know where it goes, and I'm going to be able to prove it to you. And uh, as I say, some of it has even happened on this very program. So I really do have a responsibility to make corrections to the doctrinal messages. And if I get any of this wrong, I'm open to corrections. Okay. Having said all of that, let's uh, read 2 Corinthians again, and then we'll pick up where we left off last time. Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were <laughs> nature children of wrath, just as the rest. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you why I laughed at that part in a second. I'm not making fun of uh, 
of being sons of disobedience. And even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in all the ages to come, he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk with him. Therefore, remember that previously you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at a time separate from Christ, excluded from the people of Israel and strangers to the covenants of his promise, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were previously far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the hostility which is the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinances so that in himself he might make the two one new person in this way establishing peace and that he may reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the hostility, and he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Lord, bless your word. Make it personal for each one here. Thank you for Paul. This text is so rich. Um, okay, so the, the part about the lusts of our flesh where I laughed, I'm going to save that till the very end of the show. Hopefully someone will remind me in the comments. because It's actually quite exciting. Um, so last time we did basically the first 10 
verses of this. And I just want to pick up on the last verse. Uh, actually, I'm going to start in verse 7 again. So that the ages to come, he may show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Paul always uses in Christ Jesus. We have to understand when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. Just as, you know, when man and woman come together in marriage and covenant, you're made into one flesh. We are one in Jesus. When he says we are part of his body, that's the way the Father sees us. It's so glorious, we can't even imagine it. <clears throat> but I believe this whole chapter is very prophetic as well. Although this is current, uh, this is for right now, because it was written, you know, after the cross of Calvary. But this is current, but it's also very prophetic. And I'm going to show you a couple things that I saw. Hopefully you'll agree. And if not, it's okay. I could be, I could be wrong but it still is good. Um, for by grace you have been saved through him, and this is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Uh, I don't think I shared this story. It was just a couple days before uh, Christmas, and there was a knock on my door. I answered it, and there was two Jehovah Witness people there. And uh, because I have a, a large dog who uh, is, you know, a little bit frightening if you don't know him, especially the way I have him trained to uh, to greet people at the door he doesn't know, uh, it's quite quite a sight. Uh, so I stepped out on the porch. It was cold, but uh, I stepped out on the porch, and these two gentlemen, I forgot their name now, but, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe the cores that we do. Uh, but, you know, obviously they believe that there's some works uh, as part of it. And you know what? It's understandable because faith without works, you know, is kind of useless. So um, I kind of get their ploy. And But this is the first time that I really spent some time with some Jehovah Witnesses and uh, Man, we went back and forth on scripture and revelation and different things. And we actually had a really enjoyable uh, conversation. And I was out there for about 15 minutes or so. And of course, I did point out this. And they they said, you made your point. And we left it there. Um, but after about 15 minutes, I came in and my wife looks at me and she goes, Jeff, you are so cruel because <laughs> she just thought I was letting these guys have it. But honestly, uh, we had a super enjoyable time. I, I turned around, went inside with a smile on my face and they walked away encouraged as well. Um, and we agreed on all the major things. Uh, and I don't know much about their doctrine, other things. So, you know, I'm not going to speak much to that, uh, but there are a lot of commonalities. And so 
there's a lot of things to rejoice and eventually the walls are going to fall down between denominations as Jesus rises this uh, remnant church for the the last days. This is my belief. Um, I don't know exactly where I would be able to prove that scripturally. It's just my belief. Uh, perhaps there is evidence of it and that's maybe that's why I believe it. Uh, but every time I read the Bible, I realize how much I forgot. Um, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we are created for works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Go back and go through new goggles again. People, It's uh, if you wonder what you're supposed to be doing, I think you're going to have a lot more clarity by going through new goggles. I'm going to go through it again. And by the way, uh, side note, um, I know many of you are uh, going through the Proverbs faithfully. Uh, I'm seeing every day, you know, pretty much the exact same number of people going through them. And it's super encouraging to me. And thank you for so many really warm comments and stuff like that. I was going to share some of them today, but uh, perhaps I'll do it on Tuesday instead. So now let's get into the meat of it. And this is why I was talking about the divisions in society. So verse 11, therefore, remember that previously you, and it's talking about the Gentiles, and most of us are Gentiles here. I know there's a couple uh, Jewish people, Jewish descent that are here. Um, but therefore, remember that previously you, the Gentiles in the flesh, so it's only in the flesh you're Gentiles, interesting, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision. So the uncircumcision is us. The circumcision were the Jews, God's people. But then it says, by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Notice how it says, not by works, by grace, all these things. So he makes this strong point of by human hands right here. And, you know, it's really clear that God chose the Jewish people. He gave them the laws. He gave them his presence, not only for years and guiding them and the miracles and saving them over and over and over, but, you know, the Ark of the Covenant. Um, everything. <clears throat> he gave them all his commandments. He gave them the sacrifices. They were set aside to be, and he came as a Jew, but they were set aside to be an example to the world. But we learned 
we learn through the scriptures, and I'm going to get to a point that we talked about in Acts uh, soon when it talks about the distance. But the Jews did not invite the Gentiles. In fact, it was the opposite. The Jews thought that we, the Gentiles, were so unclean, they would not have anything to do with Gentiles. So unclean. And one of the revelations I had this morning, and so this is just, I'm not saying it was, it was just one of my thoughts, I would, I'll say even better than a revelation. One of my thoughts as I was studying but, you know, he this letter is to the Ephesians. And if you remember when Paul was traveling on his, uh, I believe it was his second tour, and he went into uh, Ephesians, the, uh, the Temple of Diana, all these pagan gods that the uncircumcised had, that the Gentiles had. And it's no wonder, because they were told by the Jews, you can't come near our God. And, and yet the Jews have this God that's demonstrating power throughout history, demonstrating himself to be the one true and only God. And the Jews said, it's for us. <laughs> it's not for you. You're unclean. The Gentiles had no hope. So when other gods, maybe Nephilim, angels, fallen angels came to them and presented themselves as gods, no wonder, like the Greeks had so many gods, and we know who they were. They're fallen angels. But they were told by God's chosen people that they could not have the real God. So you see the beginnings of how we got here and how paganism has been growing and growing for thousands of years at the same time attacking the way because that's what pagans do. And by the way, that's what atheists do as well. But now let's just consider the Jewish people historically. They had God. They had his presence with them. But I'm going to suggest to you them saying to the Gentiles, you cannot have this. And by the way, uh, it was clear that they were supposed to share uh, the message of God all through the Old Testament. And even... In the first chapter of Ephesians, we learned where the mystery of God was revealed, that it was for all people. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for all people. So why would the Jews do that? Well, I can only think in my mind of really one characteristic that stands out, and that's pride. 
<laughs> they're looking down their noses at at us um historically and where does pride come from isn't that what got lucifer kicked out of heaven so even from the days when god was leading the jewish people you know through the wilderness and all these different places just a question but how many of them were worshiping the true God? Were some of them worshiping an angel of light? Let me know what you think in the comments. It certainly would explain, uh, you know, a couple thousand year old cabal. <laughs> And it might help explain why they rejected the Messiah when it was clearly written, like beyond, there's no doubt that Jesus fulfilled all of those scriptures. All the evidence was there. The Pharisees of all people who were not, so not only are Jews, you know, think they're set apart, but the Pharisees were set apart even from them. They were, so they knew the law, they knew the word. Of course, they also followed some text that's outside of the Torah. And that text, I believe, to be pretty evil, the Talmud. Just my opinion. But when I read about it and uh, the permission to have sex with uh, very, very young people, I don't think that that's uh, biblical at all. Uh, what? A, what? A, yes, because of Mormons... Oh, I, I could tell you my Mormon story. That was fun. Uh, that was, I think I did actually before. Um, okay. So verse 12, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. So that's before believing in him and accepting by faith excluded from the people of Israel and strangers to the covenants of his promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Again, why do you think these people turn to these pagan gods? They weren't allowed. They were being lied to by some prideful people, my opinion. But now in Christ, you who were previously far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Do you remember back in uh, Acts chapter 21 when Paul had gone into Jerusalem and he went to the temple? But before he went to the temple, he was seen by other Pharisees talking to a Greek. And the temple had all these walls. So the high priests are allowed here. And then the next ring was the, the men of Israel. Then outside of that were the women of Israel. And then the temple, there's some steps that go down. And then there was a, a wall that separated the Gentiles, uh, or sorry, the people who wanted to come in uh, to the Jewish faith. But they were way, way, way like, like this. The temple was huge. It was like they, they're... They're a football field away, at least, you know, uh, and, and even downstairs, so you can't see anything. 
Uh, that's how far they were. And they were separated and far away. And then Paul, uh, because one of the Greeks had gone over the wall, and the wall said on it, if you remember, if you are not a Jew and you go over this wall, you're going to be killed. You're bringing on your own death. That's how much the Jews reviled the Gentiles and didn't want them to know the creator. But you were previously far away from the temple is what I believe he's referring to here. Because remember, Paul was a Pharisee. Having been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of their dividing wall. He took down that wall. You could go right in, folks. Uh, you might not want to try it in one of the synagogues, but at least in the spirit, it's broken down. By abolishing in his flesh the hostility, which is the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinances. Did you catch that? So we know he abolished in his flesh, but it says, by abolishing in his flesh the hostility, which is the law, composed of commandments expressed in ordinances, so that in himself he might make two one new person. I don't know exactly what he means there by the hostility, but I just think it's the hostility between the circumcised and the uncircumcised, between the Jew and the Gentile. He says he might make the two into one new person in this way, establishing peace. So just as a man and a wife, when they have a covenant marriage, the Jew and the Gentile are made into one flesh, into his body. There is no one greater anymore. It's, the, it's all been ripped open. Now, it's really, there's just two camps, and I've said this many times. There's believers, the body of Christ, and there's unbelievers. Verse 16, And he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by having it put to death the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you when you were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we have both our access in one spirit to the Father. So you are no longer strangers and foreigners but you are fellow citizens having been built 
on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. I find this part really interesting. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple of the Lord. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. So we're being, we know that our bodies are our temple. We know that we're part of the body of Christ. It's a temple. But you know, there's also a city being built. And it actually has the apostles, you know, written in stone as part of the foundation stones in this kingdom that's going to come to earth. And we're part of this building somehow as well. The mysteries of God. Um, the problem is the English language just does not have enough descriptive words for the spirit. But friend, we're going to have lots of, uh, lots of time to get to know all these things. <clears throat> Last thing I want to focus on here is when it says you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens. So we've been granted citizenship. We've passed through the gates. But not only that, but we are of God's household. We're family. And I don't know about you guys, but my parents, my, my dad now is, my mom used to believe in God. She saw so much hypocrisy in the church and fell away from the faith uh, before I was born. Although I did witness to her before she died, and I pray that she accepted Christ. My dad, uh, he believes in God, but he still isn't, uh, you know, calling him out by name sort of thing, uh, probably occasionally in a, in a swear word. But when I got saved, my family that I was given, whom I love, there's a there's a disconnect. I, I can relate much better to you guys. We have more of a common bond. We have, uh, you know, many of us, we, it's an old saying, you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. And, you know, many of us, our families have tensions and there's, you know, it's an interesting dynamic in every family for sure. But it's your spiritual family that really, I think we, we're just bonded together. And even in this community of right on radio, I really think that, you know, we have something very special here, but there's not a ton of us. That's okay. I just always pray that God brings the right people and he keeps the, uh, the wrong people to a minimum. We know they're always going to come. Uh, if we're not being challenged, we're not being effective. So 
It's a compliment when they come. But I hope you feel something special here too. And, you know, we are building a community and I did get some feedback. Uh, I'm probably going to launch it anyways. I don't know if it'll be successful or not, but I'm probably going to launch in the next couple of weeks something where we can build community separate from Telegram with a bit more security. So, you know, you can get to know people in your city, your town, your state, your province, wherever you are, and we can start to know in, in a safe manner, uh, know where we each one of us is. And, and by the way, um, you know, I plan on going out on the road and meeting as many of you as I can um, through Canada and the U.S. and maybe overseas someday. It's not in the immediate plan, of course. Uh, however, some of you might come in and uh, and get together. We really do need to get together and give each other hugs. Uh, but something like this will also help me plan where to go because where the most people are, it's obviously easier. Uh, the less people would have to fly in or drive long distances and stuff like that. So a uh, wonderful comment, Native Mom. I'm just glancing down. Um, yeah, there's some great comments here, here. Shadows, mom, we all belong to the body of Christ. Oh, so why were you laughing? <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, all right. So <laughs> I don't normally do a bit of a, like a commercial on Sundays and why I started laughing is I thought, man, what a great segue to a commercial, but I can't do it in the middle of, of scripture, obviously, you know, watch that lightning come down from heaven and <laughs> strike me. Um, for the last couple of weeks, I was building up, uh, something on the air and saying, man, you want to get in right now. And, uh, that there was going to be this huge announcement that happened on it happened yesterday, and I'm going to give more details as uh, in the in you know the coming days, the coming weeks. But um, when it was talking about the lusts of our flesh and you know gluttony and all these things are part of it, that's what made me think of it. Uh, but I'll give you a very strong hint of what that announcement was. Um, I'm reminded of one of the most powerful marketing slogans probably in my lifetime. And anyone who's of my vintage, you might say, will remember the tagline of this old lady saying, where's the beef? Well, where's the beef? Go to mylibertystand.com. Where's the beef? mylibertystand.com. And what's really special about it is it's uncompromised, the very, very best beef you can get in North America. No one comes close. They can't. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really really cool. Um, I got so much to share in the following weeks, 
with you. But, uh, and by the way, some people have trouble with my Liberty stand. It doesn't work for them for some reason. If that is you just send me an email right on Jeff at gmail.com. Put in your first, your last name, your phone number, and you know, what state you live in. Essentially. That's kind of all I need. Uh, that way the state is important. So we know kind of time zones. We know when is a good time to call. And actually, if you even want to put in when a, what kind of availability you have, someone will call you. Uh, but this is absolutely huge news. I was jumping yesterday, jumping. Um, and it's just going to get better from here, folks. MyLibertyStand.com, right on Jeff at gmail.com. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, I hope you have the greatest of days today. I really, really mean that. I want every one of you just to be blessed today. In fact, I just, Father God, I just pray for your joy amongst everyone here who hears the sound of my voice, Lord. The ones that you've brought here today, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit come upon each and every one of them and just fill them with joy, Lord. Fill them with joy that it spills out into all those around them. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Be blessed, everyone. We'll see you this week. Um, I'm not sure if I can do two shows during the week for the next couple of weeks. So I'm working on this project, but we'll try. Um, in the meantime, remember. Love your God, love your family, including your right on radio family. Love your neighbor as yourself and make a difference in your community. <laughs>